The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! <clears throat> Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed! <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. What is up, my friends? Hello there. If you're all out there just having a wonderful day. The sun is shining. The birds are singing, and Doc Rivers isn't the new Phoenix Suns head coach. The Friday vibes are just immaculate. I love it. My name is Sean Oshadi, and this, well, this is the UFC Vegas 74 preview show here on MMA Fighting. We appreciate y'all for joining us. That's it. Today's crew, you already know, we have the Prince of Positivity. He's the king of the north. He is the last holdout for the ultimate fighter, and he's just having a great week because everyone's scurrying back to his side on that. He is Alexander Kaylee, and of course, the legal eagle. Mouth from the South. My guy, Jed Mashu, also joining us. I like Mouth the from best. the South. I it like that one. Me. We can do that. We can do that it one. It came to me and it felt, it felt right. It felt right. Uh, also, of course, you already know. You already heard him. The best producer in the business with the best intro in the business. He is the undefeated A. Casey Layton, man on the boards. So let's dig into it, fellas. UFC Vegas 74. We are right back at the apex. 13 fights. Kaikara France, Amira Bazi at the top. And AK, I'm going to just throw this to you because this is your wheelhouse. You you are known to rate a card or two. You are known to throw up a poll or two. I need both from you right now. What are we looking at? Uh, the poll is out. The poll is out. Uh, I, I have, I'm, I'll say what the poll is actually after I give my opinion first. Uh, I'm grading the card on paper. I mean, listen, if Mick Maynard's out there, they haven't put on a bad show in years. So... You know, years. I got to be careful. What, years. So I got to be careful what I say here. This company just, oh, 40, what, 44 to 46 cards a year and just always delivering. 
banger after banger after banger. It doesn't matter. UFC Apex, pay-per-view, UFC Topeka. It doesn't matter where they are. They're always delivering. So, uh, But I actually do kind of like this card. It certainly uh, has taken a, a few late hits. Uh, we're going to see some uh, debutants that we did not expect to see, and maybe there'll be pleasant surprises. So I'm just going to go a 8.0 degree of difficulty for UFC Vegas 74. 8.0. I think there's – I like that there's a, some veterans on there. I, I actually think there's a lot of potential for finishes, and if that's how people gauge what an entertaining card is, which, again, I don't always think that's the be-all, end-all. But if people are looking for finishes – I, I think they'll they'll be satisfied there and uh, banger of a main event. So there you go. That make, takes it up to an eight point zero easily. Eight point zero. So eighty percent. That's a nice B minus. You like to see? Oh it. no, remember. But that's remember. And this means it can only be an eight point zero out of eight point zero. Remember, this is this is the scale. It's it can only true, reach an eight. The scale is now out of eight. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, I just added to up a poll asking people uh, how do they grade this card on paper? And so far, C leading the way, forty eight percent. All right. All right. Jed, you had a really great stat earlier this week about the flyweights uh, and sort of their position within this company and, and maybe the opportunity that we are seeing for the first time in a long time. So could you go ahead and repeat that for us? What, what It's almost like history in the making here this weekend in a weird way. Not really, but kind of. This is the first non-title flyweight main event since August 5th of 2017. Uh, also, Shaheen, way to not give me any notice that you were going to ask me that. Fortunately, I did have that pulled up in front. <laughs> so I was about to be like, uh, oh, I know where I can find that. So got it. August 5th, 2017. That is, we talked about an Obets board. I, I should have done an even more extensive list. Do you know the number of things that have happened in that amount of time? Shaheen, you had a child. By the way, that's like, true. You had a child before the last time. Your child could be. I've gotten first married and had, had a week child. after. Got married and had a child. Two World Cups. You know what had happened? Just like two, three months prior, the last time fly, flyweights main evented in a non-title fight, Patrick Mahomes had just gotten drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a lifetime ago. I'm trying to think who was heavy, who was like the heavy. I think Daniel Cormier might have still been light heavyweight champion the last time flyweights headlined in a non non-title capacity. Like give me the this just give me the date happen. again. Give me the date again, August, August 5th, 2017. I really think okay. that that's Daniel Cormier is still the light heavyweight champion there, but I'm gonna no, look I, this up. I want to know what Georgia, Jim Miller Georgia Sports had not won a championship. <laughs> oh, like ever. the Braves in the nineties at that point. Yeah, I want to know we were, what we were in listen. the deep darks then. Uh, 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 August 2017, uh, Andre Arlovsky was on a five-fight losing streak. By the way, this is <laughs> we all thought, which one? Oh. Which one? He's had three of them. Uh, he was on his. I mean, the most recent one. He he, he didn't have. He, hey, listen, the other one was uh, three fights in a no contest. This is he has a he had lost to uh, Stipe, Overeem, Barnett, Ngannou, and Marcin Tybura. Uh, before the last flyweight main, uh, non-title flyweight main event. Uh, Jim Miller, I'm trying to get my dates right here. Jim Miller had just fought Dustin Poirier and Anthony Pettis and just lost to them. So that's that's where they were, two gentlemen who were on this card. That's oh where they were God. the last time there was a, a flyweight, non-title flyweight main event. Uh, Atlanta United, speaking of Atlanta sports teams, had just been founded, Shaheen. <laughs> that's a soccer team, just- right? It's our it's our MLS team who were the first Atlanta team to win a championship. They did it in 2018. They broke so. the curse. 
They broke the they case. they did. They broke the seal, and then Georgia football may never lose again. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Hard to argue with that. I mean, let's dive into this a second because we're going to talk about the fight plenty. But like, that's a pretty incredible stat, right? Six years, basically. Why do you think this is? Like, why why is that something that is a reality in our world in 2023 in the UFC, where we have cards seemingly every week that are, you know, not great. A lot of really mediocre main events. Why did it take this long for the flyweights to actually get their shine? Because Dana White hates them. I like. I just that's the only really plausible answer to me. I mean, he did actively try to kill this division out of spite for Demetrius Johnson, and not even like good spite. DJ didn't even wrong him. He just like didn't totally put up with with the UFC nonsense. And Dana was like, "I'm going to trade you, and I'm going to burn this division to the ground." Uh, it's just because they're small, because the little guys, and uh, like AK, they uh, they're they're not here for the short kings apparently, and so that's that's just what <laughs> happened, I guess. I don't know. Uh, ask AK as a, as a short King hater, AK is probably in a better position to explain the UFC's thought process here. I'll listen. I'll, I'll be realistic. <laughs> I mean, you know, the flyweights, at least when early on, they, I guess they didn't draw, they didn't draw. I, they weren't giving a lot of opportunities to, and, and I hated that, that the UFC just seemed to sort of like accept that, that they were just like, oh, well, this is our new division and they're smaller, they're smaller guys and they're not heavyweights. The finishing rate wasn't what it was. I'm pretty sure. I think like people go like, oh, flyweights never finish fights. And it's like now that's certainly not the case. I mean, now we have this uh, – listen, flyweight unders. It swept the nation. If people think flyweights don't finish fights anymore, I, I don't know what version of the of mixed martial arts you're watching. But um, flyweights finish as much as anybody uh, and uh, often quite quickly, as quickly as the name would suggest. So, um, yeah, I, I, I listen, I, it, it's just this weird mentality – Look, look how they organize their cards. They've always had it. And, and you know, this might be a boxing thing too, but they've always had it. Let's say there's two title fights. You know, It doesn't matter who the bigger star is unless we're talking about McGregor. But usually it's like no matter what, the heaviest, the heavier weight goes up top, the, then the co-main event will be the, you know, the, other, the lighter weight title fight. And it's just silly. It's like why? Why does it have to be so simple? Like I think we're pretty beyond um, – I like to think we're beyond where like heavyweights are the absolute kings of combat sports because that's nearly not. Listen, we're post, we're in the post Pacquiao, post Mayweather, Australia. Just name so many. I mean, go back Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, there's so many great stars who are not heavyweights, but UFC is just and uh, maybe MMA in general has just pushed for so long that heavyweights are reliable people to put in the main event. They they're going to get you a finish, which again we've seen a lot of times has not happened. We've seen some pretty ugly heavyweight fights uh in recent years more so than flyweight certainly more so than flyweights i would say so it's just a perception thing it's a perception thing that um i think there's inherent bias that you know maybe needs to be overcome and i think the ufc gave up a long time ago on on trying to overcome that bias because again once they don't have to right as we know the ufc doesn't have to put in doesn't have to try any harder than they already are and they're making money over uh, hand over fist so the flyweights are the uh, kind of the victims of that Throwing the heavyweights under the bus there. You're telling me you wouldn't rather see Sergey Spivak in a main event than Kaikara France? You're crazy. You're crazy. Come okay. on. How is Andre Orlovsky, <laughs> Dante Mays not in the main card? What's going on here? That's, That's a, not in the main. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> Former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Orlovsky. You say his full name, sir. Correct. The man that Jed Mashu once wrote a 1,000 word feature arguing for as the goat, the heavyweight goat of all time. Uh, we'll get into all of this, but first, let's start Spot with the lie. Event. 
It was it was a convincing case. Uh, so of AK, of these, I would say right now there's three newer faces in this 125-pound division who have sort of made their way into contention. And, you know, th- th- this division is quickly reloading. But these three are the three that really stick out to me. is Mikhaev, Kopp, and Albazi. Where do you think Albazi ranks in terms of highest ceiling amongst sort of that trio that we have coming up the ranks right now to maybe displace the guys that have been here for a bit? Great question. Uh, I, I still, like, I think if we're talking ceiling, I still, even though I get it, Mikhaev, we've had a bit of a reality check with him, like still super talented guy, obviously one of the best wrestlers in the flyweight, that's going to take you a long way. You know, we we haven't quite got, that last fight was pretty touch and go he got hugely challenged and for me that's both a good and a bad thing like you want to see a prospect like him get challenged at the same time did he get exposed i hate this word but did he get exposed in some ways so but makayev i'm still putting him at the top still a believer he's going to be a future flyweight champion i never really bought into like the two division thing everyone's like oh he could win in two divisions and that may happen but i still see him as a flyweight champion i don't know about another weight class so makayev is up there and i'll put albazi firmly second like i i think albazi I, people know I haven't been like super on the cap train. He's unquestionably maybe one of the five most exciting flyweights, which is a huge compliment when considering what we said, like flyweight is like one of the best divisions I think to watch. Um, so cop is certainly exciting. I think there's just some inconsistencies. I think his style isn't always conducive to um, necessarily contending because I, I don't know how he is at like a, a lot. At some point you're going to have to win like hard fought decisions. And he's kind of like, he wants to always get that perfect shot, get that knockout. Uh, I'm talking about cop, and, and it's not always going to be there. So Albazi for me is like kind of right in that sweet spot of a guy who certainly, of course, can finish fights, you know, very well-rounded. Um, but also I know I, I have a lot of confidence he can, he can grind wins out too. But he, he, is, he is a finisher as well. I just – I see him as someone um, who I think could could win uh, high-level decisions in the future. I don't quite have that faith in cop. So I go – I'll go Makayev. I'll go Albazi. Uh, win, or, win or lose on Saturday, I'll go Albazi, and then I'll go cop third. Hey, Shaheen, I can't hear you. How about now? Sure can. Love my internet. It's so clutch. We pay for the most expensive <laughs> internet. Cox provides and always, always comes through in the clutch for me. Uh, Everyone loves Jen, would you, would you agree with what AK just said there, that putting a mere second on that list? You look at what he's done sort of in the UFC so far, 4-0, three finishes, rolling through a lot of this opposition would you say he's second amongst the, that trio that we're talking about at 125 or you you put him somewhere else wait who's the third name in the trio cop makayev and him oh oh cop sorry um no i think he's third i think he's just third in the trio um but it's they're real close uh he's probably proved the most in so far as he's on a really good run i mean one career loss cop has shown some, like some pretty clear weaknesses at points even though i think his his ceiling is arguably the highest makayev is just so very raw uh he's so young he's only 22 or whatever uh but i think the ceilings on both both cop and makayev are are higher than Albazi, but I think he's sort of a little further along the road. Uh, and this is his opportunity, right? Like he, he comes out here and he shows out against former interim title challenger. Well, we, I mean, frankly, if he wins this fight, he is probably just next in line uh, for, for the winner of the upcoming flyweight championship. Uh, and that sucks for Brandon Royval, but I think that that might be more sellable. So 
I think he's further along, but I I don't like his chances this weekend. We'll get into that later. And mostly I think he just has a lower ceiling than some of the other up-and-coming dudes in this weight class. That's interesting. I, I'm surprised to hear you put him third, although I guess – I mean, cop is obviously there's a lot of potential in cop, but I, I feel like I agree with AK in this one. I cop's like fun, man. Second for me. Cop is fun. Cop is just pure. Cop's fun. way but more fun. If you're gonna ask me to the pick, same thing, right? No, I'm gonna pick the fun guy nine times out of ten, unless like it's very clear. <laughs> unless somebody's very clearly a good fun police, and Amir Albazi is not that. Give me the fun dude anytime. Well, you look on the other side of this. I mean, Kai Car France. He's he's the A side, right? He's in a weird place in this division. I feel like he's almost become somewhat of a forgotten figure here at 125 because he's A, been away for so long, but also just the way that the last one played out, right? Like the man was 10 minutes away from beating Brandon Moreno. He was winning that fight before that wicked body kick at, at I think, 277. Where do you feel like Kaikar France sort of fits in this division right now? Do you feel like he's almost being slept on because of that last performance, Jed? No, Um because I don't know where he fits in this division. He's a really interesting guy. Because uh, if you look at his resume, I mean, he has a ton of losses, Like, right? So let's just start there. This is not a guy who's an all-world talent, unbelievable fighter. He has just been steadily improving, getting better time and time out. But there's a very real argument that he is simply on a good run right now, but that he has a clear limitation. If you look at his resume in the last few years, particularly his UFC run, he just lost to the best dudes he's fought. When he's fought the top tier guys, he just lost. And that's it. Like his wins are over Cody Garbrandt. That win does not mean what it, you know, maybe would have meant several years back. Askar Askarov is is a good is his best win, but also your mileage varies a little bit just because of who Askarov is as a fighter. And when he's fought, you know, Brandon Horval, Brandon Moreno, he's lost. Maybe it's just that though. Maybe he just can't beat guys named Brandon. And because Amir Albazi is not named Brandon, he's going to have a good weekend. But I don't, I don't really know how to rate him because it's hard for me to say if he's just if he's ascending, you know, if he's fit, put all the pieces together and he's got it going now, or if he just has some sort of natural limitations that are going to cap him from ever being an elite, elite fighter. Uh, I could see either being the case frankly i could see like oh he's turned it over it's just that brandon moreno is the best flyweight in the world so he couldn't get it done uh that's why i'm interested in this fight i think this is a really good opportunity against a guy who's at the very least game in albazi and who is good for for kkf to kind of show me who he is in this in this landscape in this weight class I wonder how easy it is to change your nickname with the UFC. Like, do you do you have to give them some sort of notice, like weeks or months notice? Because it would have been the ultimate troll if Albazi he his, he has a nickname, he's the Prince. But if just for this one night, he was like, "Call I'm Amir Brandon Albazi." Like, he went with Brandon just to mess with them, just to get in KKF's head, and then because he should have changed his name legally to Brandon. Oh, just legally. I think that's a lot more Commit. paperwork. That that's it's, probably it's harder. It's like fifty bucks in paperwork. Commit. <laughs> How much time do you want to be a <laughs> champion or not? He just, I would just have loved if who's going to be in there on Saturday? Joe I'm Martinez. Brandon Albazi. Amir Brandon Albazi. And I then know. you just see Kaikar French start twitching like, oh, no, not, not again. Uh, that would have been great. But I, I, uh, I, I think uh, Amir, I think Amir has enough confidence in his own abilities that he doesn't need such, uh, such gamesmanship. Fun fact almost named my son Amir. Very close. Very, oh. very close. 
And, and then was, Brand, was Brandon was Brandon also Brandon next on the list? Yeah. <laughs> Brandon was not on the list, unfortunately. Aww. Brandon wasn't on the list. <laughs> Although, had I known this fun fact, I, I, he might have been in consideration, just in case he ever comes up against a guy named Ty Carfriss. Uh I liked – it's interesting hearing your sort of walking through the evolution of Kai Car France, right, Jed? Because in my mind, there are a lot of parallels between Kai and the champ, Brandon Moreno, in that – AK, I mean, this is your wheelhouse, the Ultimate Fighter. Like, you're living large right now with the Ultimate Fighter. You look back at that 2016 season with the DJ season of all the champs, a lot of the the top contenders right now at Flyweight are literally still coming from that season, right? Like, Brandon Moreno was number 16 on that season. Kai Car France was on that. He was number nine. Like, the, like a lot of the lower-ranked guys from that season are now thriving, and we've seen them sort of grow and evolve and become who they are in the UFC, and that is always such a tough thing, right? Is, is come, not coming to the UFC as a finished product, but coming to the UFC as such a young up-and-comer who, who is really still figuring themselves out and then working through that while fighting the best in the world. Where do you feel like Kai fits in this division? Do you agree with sort of where Jed put him? Uh, I, I agree with the assessment that he is not, like from a talent standpoint, he's not probably one of the five most talented guys at fly. I mean, you, you, maybe not even 10. Again, this division... I see a lot of people in the comments calling out uh, Tessaro Tyra. That kid is a hell of a talent and uh, certainly needs to be part of the discussion. So I would put him, as far as raw talent, I would put him above. Oh, uh, Car- I would put Car- Tyra Car- over too. Yeah. Um, but Car- listen, he's, he's a grinder, super hardworking guy, veteran. I mean, listen, this is like 30-something pro fights. You know, he's 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 been in there uh, and, and uh, he's only 30 years old. But he's pretty old in fight years. But but I think in this sense, I think he's at he's at that right level of uh, experience and age. It's not, it's not come to the point where like his fight age has has is a detriment. I think he's like right. This is his prime. This is this is quite literally his prime. Um, it is unfortunate that he just hasn't been able to get over the hump against some of the best, the best, the best guys. I do weigh the Askarov win pretty heavily. I thought that was his best performance. I thought it was great that they put him, uh, that it got him that rematch with Moreno for the interim uh, title. So, I, I, like, he's there. He's upper tier. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that he does, it does feel like he's lost in the shuffle. Uh, at the same time, I do think there's a path for him to someday get a, uh, a, a like, an, an actual um, undisputed title shot. It'll probably be down the road. Brandon Moreno will have to be out of the picture, I think. I, it, it's it's a lot to ask to give him a third fight with with Brandon Moreno, barring like a string of first round KO. Like he just runs to Albazi, runs to his next two opponents. Brandon Moreno needs needs an opponent. Maybe you have a chance there, but it's it's a hard truly to sell. Actually, since we just saw Brandon Moreno fight the same guy four times, now do you want to see him fight this other guy three times? Um, and again, the division keeps getting. We just named a bunch of people who could leapfrog over Kai Car France. Um, Brandon might not have any shortage of challengers, so I, I love his chances of sticking around the UFC for a long time and being a top ten guy for a long time. Uh, but a lot has to fall in the right place for uh, KKF to get a uh, another title opportunity. AK. Earlier in this convo, Jed sort of snuck in there that he thinks this might be that the winner of this may fight for a title in his next fight, or at least that Albazi. It seemed like you you indicated, yeah. If he not, not confident, Kaikar France fights for a title, but if Albazi's at least got a shot at it. Do you agree with that, AK? Do you think that's up for up for grabs here? Yeah, for Albazi, certainly. Like I said, um, wasn't Brandon Moreno? I. I really i'm really optimistic he's the kind of guy we'll see him log something like five title defenses over the next couple of years hopefully more and listen hopefully more but i think five i think if we got five brandon moreno title fights over the next five years people would be pretty happy and that's assuming of course that he even wins all those again th- there is just so many great challengers coming up uh, the, i love the pantoja fight i've said that 
I, I feel like Brandon Royval uh, could sneak in there. I said that 2023 is the his year is his year, as you would put it. Uh, just, I wouldn't say it any other way. Uh, so I think Brandon Royval could sneak in there. Uh, but otherwise, again, it, I, I, I I like Albazi's chances. Yeah, I like Albazi's chances of within the next uh, within the next year. I'll, I'll go even short within the next year, ten months, eight months, finding a way. If if it either has to be like a finish of Kai Car France or or con- a really convincing decision. If he just if he just wins a decision, you know, one that we're like, okay, he clearly won, but it's you know, there's just it's lacking in highlights, it's lacking in pace, it's lacking like it's just not making a statement. You're just going to see Albazi uh, highlighting Apex um, headline, excuse me, Apex cards, uh, you know, un- until like uh, next summer. Um, but if he, if he gets a finish, if it's like a, he gets a really strong 50-45, 49-46 win over a guy like Kai Car France, uh, then he's right up there. Then I think he's one fight. I, I don't think he gets a title fight, but one fight away. For, so, for yeah, context, so say for context, the UFC's rankings currently have Kai Car France as number three behind Figgy, who unclear what exactly his future in this weight class is, and Pantoja, who's about to fight for the belt. So if he wins, probably going to move to number three. And I'm... Um, I know it, it's not a guarantee if he wins like a back and forth decision, but my thought process here is one, if he does get a big finish, yes, but even if he doesn't, if he just comes out and can be somewhat interesting or do the thing on the mic, he is the guy who won in a flyweight headliner the first in six years. <laughs> He's on the longest win streak in the division. He'll be the number three guy, and the one and two guys are fighting or whatever. So. Yeah, like Brandon Royval would make a lot of sense, and I'm not going to be mad if Brandon Royval gets it, but Brandon Royval has also lost to both dudes who are about to fight for the title fairly recently. So I, if he wins, I think he's got a shot at it. But do the thing, Amir Albazi, if you don't get knocked out. Do the thing. It's a cold, cold world that Brandon Royval gets skipped over. He he campaigned to be the backup fighter. He's trying to do the thing that uh that that apparently is what you do now to, to get this title shot is be the backup fighter. And you're saying you could get skipped it over, is, maybe. It is a cold world, but he lost to both dudes in the title fight, like within the last yeah. two years. It's not that long ago. So like I'd I'd love to watch him fight. It would be fun as hell, but there's a very good argument for him to not get it if Albazi gets this win. So, Jed, earlier it seemed like you indicated that you don't particularly like Amir's chances here. Is that correct? Where, where, where are you going with this? How you break this down? I don't. Pick? I don't. I'm going with Kaikar France. Um, but I, there's not like a ton of confidence in it because I'm a little unsure how good Car France is. I'm choosing to believe that Kaikar France has leveled up. And the guy we've seen the last you know four or five times out, that's the guy who he is. He has sort of elevated his game to this place. And if the place is, I was very competitive with Brandon Moreno, who I believe is the best flyweight in the world, before, you know, ultimately getting finished. And prior to that, I've just been kind of pantsing everybody I've been facing. Then that's a really good place. And that's a level I've never seen Amir Albazi compete at. It's not to say he can't get there. Maybe he's out there. We just haven't seen him kind of get tested in that way because he's looked very good mostly. But I, I largely think Carl France is just going to be able to keep this on the feet. Uh, and Albazi is not as you know uh, creative or as dangerous a striker, and so it's KKF all day for me. What about you, AK? Where are you leaning? I'm going the other way. I, I think I think when this matchup was first made, I definitely was thinking leaning towards 
Tricar France. Now, now I'm going all Bazi. Uh, I, I, I've liked I liked a lot of what I've seen from him. Uh, I do think I don't know. Like Jed said, I don't know if he'll be able to like consistently find ways to take the fight to the ground if that's his game plan. Uh, but I do think we could see like a back take on the feet. Um, uh, you know, he, he could find ways uh, uh, working against uh, in the clinch, working against the fence, find a ways to slow uh, Cara France down and stifle him. So I like that that possibility. So I'm going with Abazi. I'm going with what I said. He needs to make a statement to really put himself uh, in that title picture. And I'm going to say he's going to finish Kaikar France submission round uh, late, late in round two. Flyweight under. Wow. Early. I'm going under. Got to do it. You love to see it. Under two and a half. For me, love to see it. I just wonder if this is too much too soon for Amir Al-Bazi. Because this is somewhat like you look at the four fights that he's had in the UFC. This is leaps and magnitudes of a jump for in terms of level of competition, right? Like, like who is the best guy he has fought so far in the UFC between the four, would you say? Oh, I have to look at who he's... Uh, uh, Zaga yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the the jump Probably. from him to the jump from him to KKF is massive in my mind, and that's just that's a tough one. That's a tough bridge for me to cross. I think Albazi will get there at some point in his career. I, I'm very high on his potential, but this feels like a lot. This feels like a really big jump, and I, I just think KKF. He like this is a moment. This is the moment for him, right? Like he cannot lose two in a row and really drop down the vision that far if he wants to continue what he's trying to do so i go i go out kkf as well i think it'll be a decision uh but i'm looking forward to this one man i'm glad the, the flyweights are finally getting some shine here it right. took six years but but uh <laughs> we're finally getting it going so let's move on fellas uh there's not really a co-main event on this card uh alex caceres versus daniel pineda it's fine um i would say that that's would you say a that's a penultimate fight, fight? beat you to definition it. of uh yeah, definition for sure no, so in that respect, Jen, I'll throw it to you. What's the second best fight on this card? It's the fight that should be the co-main event, and I know you guys are going to say I'm insane. Oh lord, and don't do it. I don't, don't really do care. Don't do it. Dude, he's do a it. former champion. Why are we just acting like Andre Lovsky isn't a former heavyweight champion huh? and one of the most accomplished fighters in the sport? Like. Mm-hmm. For the last like four years, we've just sort of left him here. And I know that the fights aren't fun. Like, I'm not here to tell you we're going to have a good time with it. But give this man his doing propers. It is, like, it, it is bizarre. Not that, fun is like an understatement, yeah. though. Like, Disagree. Like, I have so much fun. fun and then there's just... Uh, does it have something to do with heavyweight, heavyweight overs, Jed? It has that, sure it, does. It's the best. Not everyone is betting heavyweight overs. All right. They don't know the thrill. You should be. Okay. This is true. It's the most it is, electric bet in sports. It is strange that the UFC and the matchmaker, schedule makers, I guess you say, <laughs> that their heavyweight fetish does not extend to Jarolovsky. Like this feels Dude, like, why, it, why would this not be on the main card? Like I think It's I was very pointed. Before, it is. Can you imagine any other UFC heavyweight champion just being this guy for years, not, just yeah. buried in the prelims time? Not even that. Time. If, this, if this were like Parker Porter versus Dante Mays, which again, again, an incredible matchup. I, Probably I, would I be heavy. I should have used another example. You, That's you at least better not slander Parker Porter. <laughs> okay. If this were... Uh, I was gonna say that a guy who Dante Mays had already fought. Guys, give me uh, if this were uh, um, Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Dante Mays, this would be like the, the penultimate fight of the night. Like this would be uh, easily be in the main card, but for some reason because it's Arlovsky, like I, he's the only heavyweight. They're like, nope, 
shove them down. Also, no main, also no like, I don't know or even necessarily believe it's going to happen. He's 44. Literally at any point in time, it could be the last fight of his career. And he's mm-hmm. just buried in the prelims. A, a future Hall of Famer. Like, I, I don't think there's any question this man gets in the Hall of Fame. A former heavyweight yeah. champion. And just, like, I'm not saying he needs to fight other people. Like, I, I think this is right. Like, he's, we don't have to do the legends thing for him. He can just fight these guys. And that's okay. But just at least let the man be on the main card. That's all I'm saying. So I'm saying also, AK, I'd like to preemptively throw out not no pick. I'd like Andre Olowski versus Park Reporter win or lose tonight or tomorrow night. AA versus PP. I like it. Now we're talking. Now we're talking my language. I'm into that. Let's do that. Can we just do that instead of this? Can we? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because I feel good about this one hitting the over. I really like my chances (laughs) to cash that heavyweight over. I told you, I can't believe the over is only what, like plus 195 or plus. It should should be like, or sorry, minus, minus 195. It should be like minus like 2000. Like this is not, no one's getting finished in this fight. It's the best. It's going to be the best. There's almost no way. I'm going to have so much fun. Just clinching, just two big dudes clinching against the fence for 12 minutes. Really selling it. Can't wait. Can't wait for me. AK, <laughs> second best fight of the card. What do you think? Oh, that's not a good reaction. That was right? a um, that Sorry, was a really that was the, Yes, I know. <laughs> Listen, the card got a show. I, I, okay, I want to talk about Jim Miller. I mean, it would have been Jim Miller, Jared Gordon. We can talk about that more later. I know someone was asking about it in the chat earlier. Now uh, Jesse Butler stepping in. So that, that I can't, I can't pick that fight. Um, I'll go with. I'm honestly, I'm afraid I'm going to say a fight that doesn't exist anymore. This card is so strange. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Jamie Malarkey and the otherwise, you know, uh, unknown Muhammad Naimov. I admit I don't know a lot about Naimov, um, but Malarkey is just always a good time. Uh, I like that. They, I think it's the featured prelim. I need to find that proper better. I believe it is the featured prelim. It is, and yeah. Uh, it is. yeah, excellent choice. Excellent choice. This is the kind of thing that's, if you want to lead into that ESPN main card, this is the one. Um, oh no! Now I'm seeing Daniel Santos, Johnny Munoz. I don't trust anything anymore. Anyway, the whole schedule is screwed up. But uh, either way, either way, I'll go with uh, Malaki Namov. Namov stepping on, on on super short notice. Um, one of two Tajikistan fighters. Uh, I I was actually just listening to Jed talk about the the Tajikistan parlay. I can't remember if he went through with it. Uh, Moon Gafrov also stepped. I in. sure so, did. Uh, <laughs> you sure did. So on that level, it's very intriguing. But uh, also, I, I expect this one to either either end quickly, first round, someone just getting smoked, or uh, or uh, uh, early early fight of the night can. It's pretty low in the prelims. I wonder if they put on a banger. Will it be remembered by the end of the night? Because these card this card's probably going to be about six hours long. Um, but I'll, I'm optimistic for both guys. Hopefully, they uh, they walk out with an extra fifty Gs each. I will say, in defense of Alex Casera versus Daniel Pineda, that's probably the the like most likely to be the most fun non-main event fight on the card. I would say, right? Like those both those dudes are a lot of fun. Both of them are pretty wild. Alex Casera is on a little mini run here, super late in his career, six and one over the last seven. Pineda has like three no contests over his last six fights, which is very bizarre, and you rarely see that. But like he's always here for a good time too. I don't know. I understand why that's the co-main event. I'll say that. No thoughts on the co-main event. All right, let's keep no, it going. Uh, oh, uh, I thought I you were going to elaborate. I was going to say go on. My... I was like, go on. I thought you were going to elaborate on why this. I was like, okay. But, I, mean, you, I was trying to get off my mute. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably the most likely to be fun of the fights like on this card, frankly. So I get it. 
Daniel Pineda right. always finishes, never wins by decision. Has ne- but, completely alien to him winning by decision. Uh, both Pineda. dudes, both dudes are pretty good grapplers, but also gets submitted like a lot. Like it could be a really fun little scrap. Like I and plus Alex because like it's the right nexus of fun and at least name value because people know who Bruce Leroy is, whereas the only other person people have heard of on this are Jim Miller and Andre Olavsky because you know heavyweight champion. Andre Olavsky. Which is which is crazy because Caceres has this is his twenty-eighth, twenty-sixth, twenty seventh. Yeah, twenty-eighth UFC of means He needs to fight for another like six years to catch, to catch up, up with Andre Arlovsky, <laughs> who's or a Jim heavyweight or and Jim took Miller. like six years off the UFC to uh-huh. go do other shit. Give this or man Jim, his due. Or Jim Miller, but or Jim Miller. But that's crazy that like we're saying, like those are the two of them because Alex Caceres should be a well-known guy. He's main evented fight nights before. Uh, and again, he's almost he's approaching thirty UFC appearances. Where I think only I don't think how many fighters have done that. Maybe like twenty. It's that. I mean, my number's too high. It almost feels like too uh, high. But nah, twenty feels like it's probably around right. Okay. Uh, and he's about to join that club, and yet again, um, it's just not a. There's just it's rarely a lot of pomp and circumstance around him. But hey, good for him. Penultimate fight, second last fight in the card. Could sounds like I think someone's going to get a, a bonus out of this fight. I do think there's going to be a finish. So seems can't complain. Likely, yeah, can't go wrong there. Daniel Pineda on, on that prime Carlo, Carlos Condit ish with the 27 w- or 28 wins, 28 finishes. Like, come on, that's sensational. You got to love that. Also, if you combine, I, w- I would love someone in the comments, please do this while we talk because I can't do math on the fly. But if you, how many combined fights do you think Bruce Leroy, Andre Alaski, and Jim Miller have in the UFC? Because that's got to be like of the trios on any card ever. That's got to be some the of the highest numbers for that. Yeah. 100, no, 110, that, I think, would be the number. By right. definition, it has to be the most because Olofsky be. and Miller are one and two. Yeah. So it, any other third and like another yeah, good third party, true. nobody, unless they already previously fought together on a card with Donald Cerrone, it's just not going to, nothing's going to be. And by it. the way, I, I've, gosh, I, I wish I had credit. Someone, someone uh, pointed this out. This is not what I thought of. Uh, the, a new record now. Uh, Jim Miller already had the record for the biggest discrepancy in UFC experience uh, between him and his opponent when he fought, I think, Nicholas Mota. Am I crazy? He fought, I think, Nicholas Mota had no. Nicholas yeah, I mean, he's Eric, been running through Eric yeah, Gonzalez. He's, he's yeah. debuting guys for a bit. Yeah. Now, th- now this one, like, those, that Thomas. was different. Yeah, those that was different because, like, it, I can't remember Moto Eric Gonzalez, but one of those, like, th- that was, like, booked, a, you know, that was a standard three months booked ahead of time. This is, like, now he's facing a guy who's coming in on literally two days' notice, uh, Jesse Butler. But, yes, now we have a new – this is 42 UFC fights to zero UFC fights. Uh, it almost sounds like it shouldn't be – like a, a responsible commission shouldn't, you know, allow this. But again, we can talk they more shouldn't. about the commission's behavior in a moment they regarding sh- Jim Miller's uh, <laughs> fight week. <laughs> they shouldn't because you know what they should have done instead? We should have pulled Dante Mays and just had Jim Miller fight Andre Orlovsky. Oh, if like, only. Oh, oh now we're Christ. talking. <laughs> talk about – like, uh, like uh, Andre probably wouldn't even really try to hurt him, so it could be fun. <laughs> just saying. The, I would do a put, thing where like yeah. you, you accumulate a certain amount of UFC points or like UFC fights and you, it goes into like a point system, almost like you're going to a restaurant. Right. And so you're like, yes, you're, you're re- yeah. And then you get to like 20 points and you get an open weight contest of your choosing. Yep. I love this. I love this idea so much Already with spec fun. rules. I feel like if you, if you choose to go up, like Jim Miller gets to do an open weight contest against Andre Olovsky, but Olovsky not allowed to kick. Right, like he just doesn't get you get to take away some of the weapons from him, and then we just see what happens. 
Why aren't we doing this? Come on. Let's let's, right, let's write up the pitch. We'll send it. We'll send the it to unfun championship. That's what and the UFC is. Someone asked, and I, I don't know if we were going to pull up this question later, but someone asked what happened to Jared Gordon. And this is like, so obviously Jared Gordon was uh, the second replacement, uh, the first replacement opponent. This was a long time ago was Jim Miller versus Ludovic Klein. Uh, Ludovic Klein had to pull out, was replaced by Jared Gordon on short notice, who just fought at the end of April. And I'm sure we remember was knocked flat unconscious by a uh, Bobby Green headbutt. And then uh, there was punches after. It was headbutt and punches, right? It was oh, nonsense. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, not I mean, he was going to lose anyway, though. He was going to lose sure, anyway. Sure. So I was really... gonna lose but it's the, it's, the, it's the clean knockout I want to focus on here. Uh, was called upon on short notice to fight Jim Miller, which seemed like okay. And we're like, hopefully he gets cleared. He talks about getting what he described as a, a recovering from. Excuse me, he said he had already recovered from a minor concussion. And this is on Wednesday. And uncoinc- I'm going to say not coincidentally – the commission said, "Like, oh, by the way, after media day, uh, we dis- we discovered we discovered some things in his medical. Like, yeah, because he said it. Like, how did you guys not see this before? So, Jared Gordon's out, Jesse Butler's in. Very, uh, you really have to question what they're doing with the testing, or just even common sense. Did they not know he got knocked out six weeks ago? Did they definitely just- didn't. They definitely were not paying attention. What do you expect? Someone on the commission, uh, just like Wikipedia." Jared Gordon and look at what he last fought. Come on, this is that's, that's asking way too much, that's man. So, dude, like, they got th- they got thirteen fights to deal with. They can't oh, they man. can't be in charge of all this. That's too difficult. They're I've honestly on bangers all, after bangers. No bad events. Like, that takes that takes too much work. Haven't had one. Honestly, when this all happened, my first thought was: Do you guys remember last year when the? To a nonsense happened in Miami, and he clearly got concussed, and then they oh, just like God. put him back out there, and it was like, oh. oh, good, we may have just seen the worst thing that's happened in professional football. Uh, felt a lot like that, so I'm really glad that uh, so- somebody, some adult, was in the room eventually, and was like, hey, we should super not do this because <laughs> it's really, really bad. All it took was Jared Gordon to snitch on himself. Being honest, just being honest, answering your question, being honest. If he hadn't said anything, Jared Gordon would be fine. He would have, I guess, passed whatever. I want to know what their test, I guess if it's. Hey, you good? I'm at a loss. All right. I'm literally. Cool. That's that's the test. That's the test. That's bad. It's not good. Also, just an incredible run of bad luck for Jared Gordon, who's sort of been an unlucky guy for like a lot of his UFC run, but just the last three of the robbery of the year with Patty. And then this Bobby Green thing where that was bad, like especially to suffer like such a bad knockout. And then this getting pulled from him last second, like guy can't catch a break, man. I feel for him. There's always like a couple of guys who just are cursed for one reason or another. <laughs> Trying to, I, I need to go back and look and see if there's like a clear lineage of when one dude passed the torch and, and chart. That. Oh, because like Ian McCall belt? was the most cursed. Mis- Ian McCall owned that belt for like five years. You know, oh, that was, Jared I mean, Gordon definitely has it right cursed. now. Yeah. Nobody. Do you think him? Belt. You think he has it, or Alex Pereira's has, or Alex Perez has it? I feel like Jared Gordon, but I maybe <laughs> Alex Perez has, Alex Perez has know, a man. lot of gray on his topology page. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not good. I don't know, but I mean the the robbery to Patty is doing a lot of heavy lifting in the curse category because it's not just about other. It's all the, it's the whole totality of it. But I that's I'm making a note. I'm going to do that for a future. 
I want, uh, I I want like, to see the curse belt lineage for the lighter weight classes and the heavier weight classes. It could be two because I feel like you can't, you got to diversify a little bit. Okay. We'll, we'll work on this. Well, you know what? We'll workshop this later, Shaheen. <laughs> I believe uh, uh, you guys are seeing, you guys are seeing the guys, process right now. Uh, the magic believe, at work right here. Producer Casey also want us to mention that there are two elite XC vets on this card. I see that in the chat. Uh, of course, the esteemed Mr. Arlovsky. And uh, let's get Casey in here. Daniel Casey. Pineda. Come on. Let's get some right. questions from the peeps. Are we ready for some questions? All right. All right. Questions, let's do it. Questions. I mean, I guess. That's it. We, we, there's there's like 40 other fights. You don't want to talk about all the fights? Oh, we got to talk about at least. What do you want to talk about, Casey? What's, no, what's your second fight on the card, Casey? Probably the, probably the co-main event, you know, just because it's the fun fight, you know, the ultimate fun championships. That's what this is. So uh, Ultimate. Yeah. Ultimate, um, yeah, you know, there's so many fighters on this card. I go, oh, are they new to the UFC? And then I look at their record. It's like, oh, they fought. I watched four of their fights. I just don't remember. <laughs> you know Dude, I, mean? I forgot like, that Daniel. I forgot Daniel Pineda like has had two careers in the UFC. This dude fought Mike Thomas Brown in the UFC. Like he's been around forever. It's wild. He fought Mac in Semajir. I haven't thought about yep. that name. He was so the original. Long. He was the original PFL drug test failure guy before it was cool. Before everyone started doing it this before year, before everyone right? did it. He had, he, he, had he had a 29 uh, second knockout of Movli Habulayev, which now is off the record because he tested. Which is an incredible the best feat. win of his career. Easily <laughs> the, best, the best, the best win of, of anybody on the main card's career. The best that's win of no any con- main a, card fighter hey, right now. That's, that's no contest. Easily, that's a no contest. You can't call the win. What do you do? Come on, we get. Sued I know. For this. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is win. easily it would have been the best <laughs> win of his career. That's crazy. And then that's just comes down. That's crazy. <laughs> One fight away from a millie. One fight away from a millie. That's rough. Uh, this who, one's who coming ended for... up fighting for that million. Now I need to look this up. Please continue. Hopefully, won up. that year. I want to. I'm pretty sure. Wouldn't. I'm pretty sure. Could be, but I'll I'll confirm while you continue with whatever's no, going no, on. No, it wasn't. Him. It wasn't. It wasn't. How him. do we, How do you not have the PFL? Lin- was Lan- that was Lance. That was Lance Palmer won the twenty nineteen. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where the Lance Palmer dynasty continued. Ah, uh, the dynasty. The dynasty. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, all right, this first question is coming from our pal VJ, who says, who is the onus on in the Jared Gordon situation? 
I'd say the commission. I mean, what do you guys think? The UFC. The, the commission is there to stop the UFC from themselves, right? Yeah, but yeah. why would the UFC? Uh, but, why would the UFC even? Parties. Yeah, I think it's an equal. Well, the commission did their job. I don't understand. The commission did their job. The commission did. They only the the they, the they barely, barely did. did, did they just job. got it in under. They the barely wire. did the job. The UFC did not do their job. I mean, the UFC could have theoretically also made a last minute change as well. It's. And they are both Look, Casey, to blame. There's a for lot what of happened. there's a lot yeah. going on. You got to book all these cards. What do you want? Go, you got to book all these amazing cards that that everyone is just they're all great. Dude, yeah, dude, I guarantee you. Not because it wouldn't even be Dana who said it. Whoever was talking to him, Hunter or whatever, was just like, "Are oh, you good? Yeah, I'm doing great. All right, cool. Well, you want to you if you want to do it, sure. Let's go. That's how you be an effing fighter. I mean, I, I get Jerry Gordon is not like an an A-list fighter, but like he. We know Jared Gordon. I mean, there's so many fighters. I've, like I said, I've seen four or five times, and I barely remember. I remember Jared Gordon. I remember that situation with Bobby Green. It wasn't like some kind of forgotten fight. This was. I don't. I don't understand how the UFC did this. Honestly, um, I get it, the commission. They just thought he was fine. <laughs> okay, he's fine. He said he's fine. What am I going to call him a liar? He says he's okay. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. It is, it the, is commission, the commission is like, supposed to be the adult in the room. I like operating a promotion under the, what am I going to call him a liar? Call him a liar? That's a real, that's a real good philosophy. For, for I'm adopting that more in life. She's like, no, that's what he says. It's fine. Go with it. Didn't you just have a bit about that on No Bet Sparred? Something I did. Uh, who I've, was it? I started it. Uh, Tim Elliott. Tim, oh, Tim, Tim Elliott. Like, I'm going to get a finish. I'm going to get a finish. And what you're what like, am I going to do? Call him a liar? I'm gonna call oh. Tim Elliott a liar. <laughs> what do we know about Je- what do we know that. about Jim Miller's new opponent? Do we know anything other than his uh, uh, natural featherweight fights, fights at featherweight? Uh, he's up on a weight. decent run of, of victories. His name is Jesse. Um, <laughs> he had a really nice knockout of uh, UFC and Ultimate Fighter veteran Masiel Fullen february last year. You can find that clip out there. That's probably where most people have, might have heard of him before. Uh, really nice, or just. You know, uh, first round KO, ninety seconds. Um, he's a finisher. He's a finisher. People will like that. Again, he's he'll be a bit undersized. Um, obviously, oh, quite what a, a bit. name! Actually, not that much younger. I'm looking at his tapology, and the referee uh-huh. for his most recent fight <laughs> against Luis Luna is named Birchie Still Wagoner. No, and that wow. is a name, not ladies that. and gentlemen. That is a name. Stop Kudos to your parents, sir. Birchie, B-I-R-C-H-I-E, Stillwagoner. I love that name. The name rules. Uh, I'll say there this. There are the one, so many levels to that. and I It's, it. it's so good. The one person who I'm not putting responsibility on is Jared Gordon. If you're him, listen. You're, I also saw something. I think he was. this, is, this was going to be his first fight on a new contract, right? That this is part of him getting a new contract. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if anyone saw that. Jared Gordon has been screwed out yeah. of two different paychecks over the last yeah. two fights. Like yeah. he is just trying to eat. get some money at and, this point. And who knows if the UFC paid him for this fight at all? So really, three, oh no way! Another paycheck because yeah. he's no, not even I, get, he's not even get a show money. That means he went through camp. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has a day job or what too. I don't know how much he makes, but you know it's it's a big commitment. You know, and I'm sure he, I know he wasn't his weight cut wasn't complete, but. I'm sure you went through like two weeks of misery to even bring that weight down for mm. no good reason. So, uh, yeah, sucks to be um, him right now. Um, but Jesse Butler, do, though. Uh, oh, yeah. So. so you raise actually a good point. Uh, I'll also throw some blame on Jared Gordon's uh, coaches. 
is again, somebody should be like, hey, you should not do this. Uh, and clearly no one did. It, it's so weird because say if the refs didn't overturn that fight with the no con with the headbutt thing and it, it was an L on his record, the fight would have never been booked. Like it was it's just a weird thing which happens all the time. And also, how was he not like suspended? Like how did he not get a conviction Well, the thing is you gotta remember when when they're doing you you know, you guys have seen we we write up uh, when we can get them the uh, medical suspensions. It's never for concussions. They don't do. They don't suspend no. fighters medically. It's for broken bones, knee injuries, I mean, yeah. cuts, cuts. Yeah, you know, I mean, cuts. I will say, they they yeah. usually make there, you when sick you get if you out, got knocked out. When you, though. When you get knocked like, out or so low, low. usually yeah. there's a mandatory suspension that goes along yeah. with that. But also, but I'll say be, because none of that, no none contest, of that is actually. I feel hard. like that's why. Yeah. None of that is actually hard and fast, though. Though, like those are just recommendations, mm -hmm. more or less. And then, like you can circumvent that really easily if you just go to a doctor and be like, "Hey, I'm good, right?" Yeah, you're good. Okay, we're good. So it's, it's the, again, it's the, what are you going to call me a liar? Call her. What are you going to call me a liar? <laughs> that, the, 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 be, the best fight doctor ever. Like <laughs> I'm not going to call the fighter a liar. I mean, I'm not that guy. It feels like I? An, yeah, it feels like a knockout. And I'm sure. Uh, listen, I'm not a I'm not a neurologist. I'm sure there's different degrees of uh, brain damage of concussions. Oh, well, <laughs> newsflash. Where's the breaking yeah. news? Uh, where's the breaking news sound? I'm not a neurologist. Uh, I, I I wish I wish that you if you got knocked out, that's like automatic six months. Like I wish that's the way it was. Probably longer. Honestly, honestly, it if, should if be at being, least. If a human like being four. knocks knocks another human, I always I always say this. I always say like um, not even fights to end in knockout, but like vicious like three round battles. Like mm -hmm. I think Gaethje Chandler, guys just murdering each other. That's essentially like being in a car accident, right? That that's probably about as damaging as being in a car accident, if not it more. Absolutely is. Yes. And then uh, and then I, as long as you it's got to be way worse. But but then average we, car we accident. Say, like a lot of these guys were telling them, hey, four months later. Four months later, five months later, sometimes three months later, can you, can, do you want to get into a car accident again? Like that's that's crazy. Like that. That's, <laughs> I know we've we've come to accept this, but when it, but I'm speaking specifically to fights of where there's knockouts and just so much obvious concussive damage to the head. How can we be asking these guys to to step back in so quickly? And in uh, in Gordon's case, six weeks after his last fight, it just makes zero sense. So uh, everyone, a lot of people take responsibility, just not Jared Gordon. That's that's all I'll say. You know, but it's fights like this where you get – sometimes you get crazy knockouts in the sense that I think of um, uh, the Hernandez kid when he when he knocked out Benil. You know, mm -hmm. I think Hernandez was like a last week replacement. Sure, too. this is Jesse Butler's moment. Listen, this is yeah. Jesse Butler's moment, all right? Uh, good for him. Good for him for being able to – he's a featherweight, so it wasn't that crazy to make 155. Um, this is his moment. Imagine if, imagine if he beats Jim Miller, first UFC fight. Like, that would just be insane. Well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, who was so there's like I can't think of names, but there's been a few fighters like that to come in a week notice, wind up being a giant upset, and then we go, oh man, this guy's the next big thing. It just turns out Ronda Venata almost. Yeah. He's been riding, nearly beating Tony uh, Tony Ferguson for like four years. He didn't yeah. beat him, just almost beat him, and we still talk about it. Run. We still yeah. talk about to this day. I think he has it. Like, you know, it's crazy. All right. Uh, AK, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna just really quickly derails because you used you mentioned Justin Gaethje in there, and I'm just gonna use this okay, as a side please. road to be able to say I, something. If you must. Last night, I last night I stumbled upon maybe the most incredible thing I've I've ever stumbled upon, in, in an explanation of why the Gaethje Poirier rematch is the most perfect fight in the history of mixed martial arts. Just symmetry wise, those dudes oh. fought in 2018, right? Here's what they've done both since 2018. Dustin Poirier, six and two since 2018. That fight with Justin Gaethje, he has four 
finishes, two decisions. He has a win over Michael Chandler. He has only losses in title bouts to Charles Oliveira and Habib Nurmagomedov. Justin Gaethje, since 2018, fight against Dustin Poirier. Six and two, four finishes, two decisions, win over Michael Chandler, only losses, title bouts. Habib Nurmagomedov, Charles Oliveira. They're the same person, AK. They're the exact same person. You could go even deeper. Those... uh, they both won interim titles since that first fight. They both won interim titles over fighters with 10-plus win streaks and angel wing tattoos on their backs. They both knocked <laughs> down Charles Oliveira in their t- title fight and then got subbed out with a rear naked choke. They are the exact same fighter, and it is ridiculous. It's blowing my mind. There are so many levels to it. I love it. Absolutely. I, I saw that. I saw you uh, having this discussion on social media the other day, and the 10-fight the ten win streak thing really blew my mind for some reason because I, I don't know why. I just, I just I couldn't remember. The angel wings blew my mind thing. That one. I, oh, I mean, that's just <laughs> that, 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 That's just too freaky. Much. That's just too freaky. Much. But yeah, I forgot that uh, Holloway, obviously, yeah, was on a 10-fight win streak. Featherweight, but yeah, was on, was on a 10-fight win streak and also lost uh, to, to Poirier. So that's wild. We, we are clearly all living in a simulation. Uh, Lightweight's not a bad else, division. Lightweight's going on. Lightweight's not a bad division. I don't know if you guys. You guys don't talk about it enough. It's a good uh, division. Good. Last thing on uh, the that's uh, a hot take, uh, the, the Jesse Butler uh, Miller fight because I think this is interesting too for fans that don't understand. Oh, is Jesse uh, Brandon says is Jesse in the USADA pool? Does the UFC has prospects they call up in the USADA or they plan to call up in the USADA pool? Uh, no, I mean this is the exception, right? This is just uh, yeah, it's in there. Somebody, yeah. we're just going to grant you the exception. He could pop for something. He could pop super hot in a couple of weeks, and you would not be surprised at all because no, he is obviously he's taking on two days. There's no way they can give him a comprehensive, um, proper USADA testing. So they basically yeah. like just allow any debutante to not be in it, and it's fine. Walk right in. Drug, te- <laughs> drug testing's a joke and nonsense anyway. Yeah. So whatever. Gaff- Gaffrov, one of the other guys, uh, Muin so, so Gaffrov, is on eight days' notice. I doubt he's fully like. Does it for because I actually I'm I'm not under I knew I know I think I know the answer but like explain the difference to, between the McGregor situation and the Jesse Butler situation as far as USADA and testing. Well, Conor McGregor isn't a UFC rookie, and they're not tabbing so, him to come in on two days' yeah. notice. So that's so is that the, the difference? difference? There is, if you're, if, functionally, if, there's not a difference, but practically yes. there is. So it's basically the if you're under contract, then you can just you don't have to have the requirement thing. Or whatever. Yeah. Because I know – okay. Yeah. That's If you are new yeah. to the promotion, you there are exceptions granted to you. But if you were just in the promotion and you just decided to pull yourself out of the USADA pool conveniently uh, and take a long break, they're not going to give you that. I mean they, they can. Or the, the UFC. No, I mean the they UFC. Might. Yeah, they the might. UFC gets to dictate. They can do whatever the hell they want. They pay USADA. USADA has no influence or determining factor over UFC. They pay their bills. So, like, what are they going to do? No, it goes against our principles to let Connor fight next week. Suck it. If you want $100 million a year, you're going to shut the hell up and clear this dude. Like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> Now, USADA is not a a quote unquote governing body like the commission is, right? Like yeah. a, no, they're, they're a company. They're just a company. They're literally yeah. just a company. It's a drug test company that the UFC treats as gospel, except for you know that one they time that they to. really needed Brock yeah, really to don't. headline two hundred, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, uh, yeah, don't care about these principles we have." Yeah, like, I think right. is that, that, that yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. I was gonna say we're we're hitting an hour here. Uh, let's oh, hit yeah. maybe one or two more, and we'll get no out. No problem. Uh, uh, Do we mention this? Sorry, let's go back to the main event. Uh, Joseph Boza yeah. could a flyweight title shot be on the line in the main event. Yeah, I mean we hit that pretty extensively. I think for Albazi, possibly for KKF, probably not. 
When is the when is the uh, pay per view in uh, in Australia? When is that? Um, September okay. is the target, I think. September. I want to say that that's September is the target for that one. And Moreno and Pantoja are fighting. It is September September tenth. Uh, Moreno and Pantoja are fighting Fighting International Fight Week, right? Early July. 290, yeah, July. So I'm just... Uh, If if, if Pantoja wins, then I could see it. I don't think they're running back Moreno KKF even, unless KKF like literally uppercuts Albazi out of the cage, Francis Ngannou, Alistair Overeem style. Uh, I don't think he's getting a title fight against Moreno. Different story if he does really well and, you know, Ali Pants gets it done. Yeah. All right. Uh, and see right, I got more. any more questions. Um, here we go. Last question. Uh, again, this one's coming from Joseph. How How is Ketlin Souza as a fighter? She's debuting Saturday versus Kareen Silva. Pretty mid. Pretty mid, uh, yeah. She's a fighter. Um, she is the almost textbook definition, as far as I'm concerned, of like mid-level women's flyweight. Um, she can kind of do some stuff, uh, but she's not like super athletic. She's not like super dangerous. Uh, I was stunned to see that she has a Wikipedia page um, because Invicta I know she. I mean, I guess that's true, but she was a I don't know. Invicta? Really? She was. She just won. Uh, she just won it. She just she won just, it a few months ago. Yeah. Just oh, won oh, it. Oh, and, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, she's she kind of do some stuff. I think she's probably going to lose to Silva, who's just a more dynamic, powerful, dangerous fighter. But she's she's also kind of young too. I think she's only like twenty five, something like that. So she can grow. She's twenty seven. Okay. She still has room to kind of develop and grow, but she's nothing to write home about. Yes. Yeah, Silva, Karina Silva is kind of the A side here. I think I think people kind of view her as more of the the, the sort of higher upside, uh, somewhat more. I would say more exciting, I guess, more compelling. She's she's like Pineda. She just finishes all of her fights, which um, that's again some of the lighter weight classes, some of the lighter women's weight classes. Listen, the, that's it's not that common. It's not that common. You find someone who's uh, putting away uh, someone with the, the frequency that Karina Silva does. But I, 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 I don't think Silva. I'm, I'm not counting her out at all. Like it sounds like we're kind of like counting her out because I do think um, you know winning the Invicta Championship means something. It was over against another somewhat kind of you know middle of the road talent in uh, Christina Williams, but it, it did mean something. Five rounds. She had you know five good rounds. Um, but I, I personally am I'm obviously thinking this is going to be. Uh, more of a showcase for for Karina Silva, which is which is why I imagine this was this fight was put together. But hey, Ketlin, prove us wrong. Have us uh, have us uh, eating our words on the post fight show. And last question, I know the answer to this because Jed talked about it a lot on BTL, but I think it needs to be brought up again. Oh, I was about to bring this up, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> Seattle Ryan closing us out here. What is the best bet to make tomorrow? I mean, first of all, Seattle Ryan, go listen to No Best Bard. It's a pretty great program on a pretty great, great podcast. podcast. That- Great podcast. Uh, but just a little sneak peek, Jed, what's your number one bet this week? Oh, my number one bet this week. Uh, just because we haven't talked about it f- at all, we're going to go with uh, – I'm taking Tim Elliott inside the distance at like plus 400. Uh, because Tim what, are you going to call the man a liar? Uh, what am I going to call the man a liar? Exactly. Like, And plus you got to think about it too, right? Like my exact argument on OS Bar was uh, two weeks ago, 
we saw Mackenzie Dern come out and beat the brakes out of Angela Hill. Angela Hill's just real tough. But afterwards, she was like, yeah, my personal life was kind of shit and in turmoil, and it took that out on Angela Hill. What am I going to call Tim Elliott a liar? We saying that his, his <laughs> personal life isn't doing too hot right now either. Pretty tough couple of like 18 months for him. So I think Victor Altamirano's in trouble tomorrow. And I think he's going to get a finish. He called the finish, right? Uh, I don't know if he called the finish, but he is, he, he called, he said that he was going to do some like quote unquote crazy shit. Uh, (laughs) I think he's going to get real wild in there. And so it should be fun as hell. And, uh, it's probably not the best bet, but it's going to be a fun bet. And you got to support Tim Elliott, you know, given his, his rough, rough ride lately. Any overs right. anyone should bet on? Oh, yeah. Heavyweight. Arlovsky, Maze. Dante I care of Francis Miralbazi under two and a half, or, or actually three and a half is the line on it. So. Oh, it's three and a half now? Okay, cool. Yeah. There you half. go. There's your, there's your no, NBB preview. Boom. Now go with the rest preview. of the podcast, or Jed's coming <laughs> to your house. Uh, anyway, that's the UFC <laughs> Vegas 74 preview show. I appreciate y'all for uh, hanging out with us here on this wonderful Friday morning. Again, Doc Rivers is not the coach of the Phoenix Suns. All is right in the world. It is just a beautiful, beautiful day. Ooh, as we outro, is Miami going to win a game? Because they, they got, they got rinsed yesterday. Game break. Game break. Nugs in five. The, the, the dominance of the this. The notorious Miami home game? There'll be one game the where they hit an inordinate amount of, of three-pointers, and then they, they'll win that way. That's about it. I feel infinitely better about stealing two from this Denver team now than I did like a month ago because they're clearly this is a dude. So somebody should just straight up Tanya Harding Jokic. Like, okay, what are you gonna do now? Right. I think it every time. Shut it down. You're not able to amount enough power to do anything to that man. Have you seen how gigantic <laughs> he is? He is so sneaky, huge, and his brothers I, are terrifying. You do something, I love his him brothers so are much. capturing you and taking you to Serbia. Jokic looks like a dude who says that he could have gone pro if he hadn't hurt his knee in high school, except for he's actually the best player in the world. It's incredible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, this is UFC Vegas 74 preview show. Enjoy the fights, everyone. We love you. Love y'all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.